I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, guys? This is Kelvin Harrison Jr. And you're listening to the Watch Less Podcast with Cal and Frazier. Welcome back to Watch Less. Complex's podcast about movie and TV culture. As always, it's your boy Cal, deputy editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel. The summer man, Fraser Tharp, is also in the building. Yes, sir. We had a special shout out Jay Ellis for uh, blessing us with our Memorial Day episode. If you haven't listened to that, when you're done with this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and uh, click on that one. That was a good time. Run that back to two for a week. Big fact. This week we, we have do a, those. We, we got a rising star, rising a uh, actor in, in, in the Hollywood ranks. If you've seen Waves, I know you've seen Waves. As uh, as divisive as the movie, and if you can haven't be, seen Waves, you're, you're playing yourself. What are you doing? It's uh, because Waves is one of those movies where it's like if you're really about this shit. Mm-hmm. As I would hope everyone who's listening to a film and TV podcast is, you can't just watch like you know the, across the board and critically acclaimed shit. You got to watch the shit people are arguing about. One hundred percent. I mean, just off of the fact that a it's a twenty four and b there's not a lot of times you're seeing like smaller films with thespians like Sterling K. Brown, Kelvin Harrison Jr. in them. You know, chewing up scenes together. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting film, but yeah, Calvin Harrison Jr. I I don't think it's wrong to say he's one of my favorite actors in the business right now. Um, he's like one of the most exciting actors. Well, again, it's it's it it but he's I mean not to not not a pun, but like his wave is really rising right now. Like you know, twenty nineteen was an interesting year for him. He got a. I remember having early conversations about you know what was happening at Tribeca last year and some of the other film festivals there was a lot of talk about films like loose which he he fine acting performance from him in a very uh you were big loose high early you were telling me to watch that for so long early I I finally watched it on hulu when it hit i, I forced myself to, but, um, to go to a a screening and i was pleasantly surprised at how, how well he did in that film um i would say off loose and then waves Kelvin was definitely, uh, you know, someone we had on our list early, early to come through here. So I'm glad we finally got it done. Big early. I mean, he's had it. You know, it's 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 the year to do it. You know, we already saw him in Stella McGee's The Photograph. He had a smaller role, but he got to act a lot with Lakeith. You got to see a different side of him. You know, he was it was a lot more uh, rom commy. He was he wasn't so uh, you know furrowed brow trying to figure out how to. Uh, you know, fuck some shit up in the film. He was just having a good time, you know, getting his little Mac on. Um, <laughs> he, he, it's a similar vibe, but actually he's got a lot more screen time in uh, The High Note, which is out this Friday, May 29th. Um, it's, it stars Tracy Ellis Ross, so you already know. that. I don't want to say it's appointment film, but you you have to at least take a look at, uh, you know, her. Cause she, she's the one untainted treasure, huh? 
I don't think like there's no there's no like it doesn't get purer than Tracy Ellis. Yeah, Ross. she is one of the best people walking around. Just in terms of like her spirit, you know what I'm saying. So I I can't imagine being offered a film like that and being like nah. But you hear, listen to our our conversation. There was a a little doubt in the mist for uh for Kellen Harrison Jr. to let you know why. Um, we also get into the conversation about waves. Um, Kelvin calls it a triggering film. Um, there's definitely been some discourse recently on the timeline. I mean, well, what I want to say about that is that it's one of those things that persists, you know, like it wasn't a movie that was, um, you know, it was a movie that everyone was very aware of when it dropped. And they had opinions. Yes. And even still that, you know, that conversation is still springing up. It's one of those, it's become one of those cyclical things on Twitter. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's good to get him to weigh in on that, even though I'm sure he did a fair amount of, you know, talking about it when it drops. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation that still persists and still deserves to be, you know, yeah. weighed in on. And it's mutating. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenging film. You know, again, you hear him talk about this in our conversation, but it is a challenging film. And I think over time, as people examine certain things or revisit the film, I think new things are popping out. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, People have been talking more about Waves since we saw it than some of the other films that have come out in the last six to you know eight months. So I think that alone shows that it's you know it's an impactful piece, and you know a lot of what Kelvin does is at the center of that. So uh, and he doesn't shy away from it. You know he's not he's not you know beating you over the head with like certain opinions or anything, but he's also not scared to talk about what the film to him what the film was about and what he was trying to do specifically with his character in that particular story, Um, which is, you know, it's a rarity. There's so many, you know, people who make art that are kind of just delivering the art and then walking away. So, you know, you you almost appreciate the people who are unafraid to listen to somebody's thoughts on their, on, on their work and then respond accordingly. Um, Very great trait. And I guess that's kind of indicative of the kind of star I think we see Calvin Harrison Jr. to be in the future. Um, speaking of his futures, he also drops a little uh, information on the rumored Euphoria season two casting. That talk's been going on for about a month or two. Um, and yeah, Calvin Calvin's got some uh, some thoughts, some things to say about uh, about that information. You can hear all that in this week's episode with Calvin Harrison Jr. But before we get there, I think we're going to take a quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, now that we're back, let's get into our discussion with the High Note star, Kelvin Harrison Jr. It's always good to talk to people that you really appreciate in terms of being uh, artists and, and the art they bring to the field. Uh, this week, we have nobody 
like there, there, I don't think there's too many actors that are currently in a situation where Calvin Harrison Jr. is right now. Uh, I want to say 2019 was a very important year, at least in terms of a lot of uh, strong indie work, films like Loose, films like Waves. We'll get into that stuff uh, in the interview this week. But 2020, it's it seems like there's a level up. It's going from you know you know smaller you know buzzy you know critically acclaimed things to now. You were in in, in the photograph earlier this year. You know, you've got the high note coming out with some some very big names. Kevin Harrison Jr. How are you feeling, man? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. I'm, I'm chilling. I, I I got my do-rag on because I didn't know I was going to be on camera. No, <laughs> so look, though. So look. I mean, this is quarantine. You could have had a robe on. It could have been anything, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're all at home slumming. And we're all the same people at this point. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel you. That's real. That's real. How's, how's isolation been treating you? You been all right? Yeah, I've been good. I just, you know, I did my workout this morning. I've, you know, I've been reading more and just cooking. I've cooked this week, though, because we've been busy. But um, that's been, you know, a normal routine. I was like, man, I feel like a proper adult since I've been <laughs> I'm working. And so I haven't, like, done anything for myself. I was like, I don't even know how to do anything. Fact. So now I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm happy with it. I'm like, I'm like I can get married now. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you, you, to keep yourself from going crazy, you have to have some type of routine and schedule during this. You can, you can lay in bed all day, but that'll just mess you up if you do that for a couple of weeks so i used to only sleep on my couch and then i quickly like as soon as quarantine started i was like all right you need to learn how to sleep in your bed bro Fact. this is not life <laughs> with this, this xbox on the couch all night <laughs> gotta get domesticated <laughs> yeah yeah is it a weird feeling for you to be home like are you a guy that's usually on the move um more so often than not you i mean it's been the last few years have been crazy. You know, I've just been thinking about them a lot, especially last year. I mean, my publicist and I, we were on a plane at least once a week. And so it would just be like, you know, before lockdown, it was like we were in Italy, London, New York, L.A., back to L.A., back to London, back to New York. You know, it was, it was like it was a, it was a crazy little uh, tour. And before then, it was just I would be at work. So I would be at work, and then I would go and maybe do press or work. And I didn't have a routine. It was just like mm. I was either trying to become somebody and psyching myself out to be crazy, and uh, or or talking about something, you know. So it's been different. Uh, all this travel is a situation where this is all just like movies and TV stuff. Or are you watching a high note? I mean. Is Calvin Harrison Jr. about to put an album out? Like, yeah, dog. What's, what's really good? What's really good? <laughs> no, no album for me, man. I really, I, you know, I was, I was terrified to even do that portion of the movie because I was like, man, I love great artists. Mm. Are you one of those? Yeah, I mean, but this is the character. But I was like, but the character and my face is on the character. Mm. Am I about to roast it on Black Twitter? Like, what is going on? What <laughs> <laughs> am I signing myself up for? They didn't ask for it. They know what we like to do. <laughs> but uh, I, it was a, it was a cool opportunity, and I think I might keep it in that that box, you know. Uh, uh, you so you sang on all of the music in the film, right? Yes. Right. yes. A lot of the time, you know, these songs from these films get they get put on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Like, are, are we going to be hearing your original voice on the soundtrack for the high note? You get the longer versions of the track too. Um, you know, Let's Stay Together's on there, the full version. Mm -hmm. um, you send me two versions of that uh, is on there. Uh, track eight's on there, the entire song. 
um, with some with some extra stuff going on. Um, okay. Chemistry, the entire that song's on there, and me and Tracy's duets on there as well. Damn, so, that's crazy. It's a full album. It's, it's, <laughs> you, you 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 thought you were doing a movie? You did a whole ass album. I was shocked. I was in Rodney Jerkins' studio, and I was like, and first thing you see when you walk in there is Whitney Houston's like platinum album, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. And he's just like telling you stories like, yeah, Michael likes to make jokes and you would play, watch cartoons while we would between sessions. And I'd just be like, I don't want to be here, but okay. <laughs> How long were you in the studio working on, on just the music itself? What was that process like? Ooh, it was, uh, it was crazy. Cause I remember I got the part the day before, flew in, got strep throat, and then like went straight to the studio. I'm sorry, Rodney. Could have got everybody to say, <laughs> At least like, it wasn't the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, got in the studio and I think it was just it was I think it was two weeks of recording, um, nonstop. And then we would go back in sometimes in the middle of the movie to finish certain things and, and then we went back one last time right before um the lockdown happened to do some finishing touches. So it was it was a good bit it was a good bit of time. Now, when you were building the character, was there a singer like past or present that you kind of modeled the performance and the style of the music off of? You know, in my mind, it was like, if I were to do something like this, I would want to change my voice. And I would have wanted to work with like a dialect coach and a vocal coach to kind of see what that would be like. Because before I do anything, I, I always like to work with a dialect coach to, to slightly alter how I sound. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't have the time to do that. So what I, I was like, well, what am I, what was my upbringing? So I liked, I listened to jazz because my parents are jazz musicians and we listened to gospel because I played in the church. So I wanted to find artists that could match some of my tonalities and sensibilities that I could do naturally and then see how they evolved. So then I thought Anderson Pack, I thought Daniel Caesar, I thought Leon Bridges, Gary Clark Jr. in aesthetic. And then I started to like research them and figure out what were their influences, what were they listening to to grow up, what were their they, some of their biggest um, icons that they loved, um, that they wanted to resemble. And then I put a playlist together of all of that music, okay. and I listened to it day and night, every night. And I wanted to be able to talk about it as if they would be able to talk about it. And then that's how I, I kind of approached the songs. But then there's the element that I couldn't really control, which is which songs, you know, the studio and, and the director and everybody else wanted me to sing, mm-hmm. and trying like alter his voice through those numbers and that was the trickier portion of it but in terms of character those were my reference points Interesting. that's what's up now you know we mentioned the photograph and then there's this and thinking about your 2019 we actually had um stella mcgee on the podcast not too long ago and she said you know we were talking about the photograph and she was like i didn't know kelvin could smile (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you need to cut it out. I can't take her. That's dumb day. <laughs> like, what's it like to, you know, you've done some really intense, like, you know, really involved roles. What's it like to just lighten up a little bit? I'm not that serious in real life. I'm boring, but I'm not serious. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think I take anything that seriously besides, like, my job. Yeah. But um, when I first started, I wanted to be on the Disney Channel. Like, and I was like, I wanted to like, be like the loud kid. Like I wanted to be like Raven's cousin on that song. <laughs> like Hiram, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be a kid on all that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I think when I got the roles that I got, that was more shocking to me than trying to be fun. I don't understand comedy. So I will say that there's <laughs> that element that I'm trying to figure out, but I do know how to have a good time, so. How soon did you know that Tracy Ellis Ross was going to be in on the film? And was that a factor in you being like, hey, I'm down to be in the high note. I said no to the movie twice. 
Mm-hmm. Because I was, oh, wow. I was like, find the Chris Brown of this generation mm. without strategy and like put him in the movie. Um, but don't, <laughs> don't put me in the movie. <laughs> um, but when I found out Tracy was doing it, I really wanted to meet her. I love her, all her work and I love the way she speaks in, in public. Um, and I was like, that is a, she's an extender for me and like how I want to communicate to my journey in the industry mm. and give back to other people. I just think the, the way she does it is just so graceful. Grace. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that was an element to it, but, you know, it was, a, I mean, like I said, I didn't get the part at first. So okay. there was that too. So there was a long process involved in that, but, I, you know, I think she, she definitely fought for me and I'm always grateful for, for Tracy. Oh, and you guys got really close too, right? I saw she interviewed you for your Team Vogue profile. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's funny. She, live, she don't live that far away from me, so she over there quarantining. She's scared. She got her mask on and everything. She's <laughs> extra safe. I FaceTime her. She got her mask on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to be so hot the air comes with the phone. I just want to be <laughs> Man, look, the, the way this shit's going on, though, it's like it's not it's never ending. They they were talking about a second wave. And then you hear people. I think I saw there was a church in Atlanta that opened up over the weekend and they thought opening the doors and just like having people sitting like as far away as they can in the pews is fine. And then all of a sudden, mad people just started popping up with coronavirus. It's like you, you better be on FaceTime with the mask on or something. At least wipe right. that damn phone. <laughs> Shit. Right, right. I mean, I drive around and I see people in the parks and just like, put your mask on. Yeah, for real, for real. We're trying to get out the house at some point. Right, right. No playing games. <laughs> now, you it, talking about you working with Tracy Ellis Ross, it's also interesting because, in, you know, in, as we mentioned earlier, the photograph, you were also working with Lakeith. And, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that you guys have similar trajectories in terms of, like, not just how good you are what you're doing but you know as choosy as you are with the roles you know do you ever right you know did you guys bond when you guys worked on the photograph um do you ever think about you know the other people that like when you're working in the photograph were you and Lakeith having like similar uh patterns and like styles of working how did that relationship work um you know I I was such a huge fan of Lakeith I'm always a fan of everybody always and I think when I met him, I, I was just nervous. <laughs> so, I've been nervous, I've been weird. And they were just kind of like, I remember we went to dinner that first night. It was me, Issa, Lakeith, Stella, and Jasmine Cephas Jones. And we went to Miss Lily's in New York because this is a Jamaican spot. And it was just like, bro, you're, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I was just like, yeah. And they were just like, all right. And so that was how we put the tone off and I was just trying to make up for it. Mm-hmm. But then I just came up like, whatever, I'll just be that weirdest intern if it's for the movie, I guess. <laughs> I remember one day I was just like, yo, I loved you in Short Term 12. And he was like, all right. Wow. And, he, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, when you're, it's your birthday, you're a Leo, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I was like, you love the Lion King. He's like, why do you know that? You <laughs> oh, ran through like the IMDb fun facts before you met him. <laughs> I was like, I did not know how to start this conversation, but he's been cool. He actually has um, texted me a few times since quarantine's happened. I think now we're way closer than we were during the movie, which is cool. That's dope. It does seem like you have a, a very um, concentrated effort on making sure you don't play the same roles. Like at least have a, a little nuance in everything you do that where it offers like a new challenge. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah. I mean, I think 
you know, with every script, it's easy to get a lot of the same things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and what I also have to understand is that my agents, they're incredible at their jobs and they're so smart. They're not a young black male that, you know, that it grew up from 1994 to 2020. They don't know. Um, mm -hmm. So it, they can only do what they think is, is, um, is, is quality. And so I have to kind of filter through some of those things and kind of go, well, how are we expanding? How do I get to, what's my intent with the conversation? Um, where, what do I want to, what do I want to challenge my community on and other people, people that don't look like me on? Mm. What do I want to challenge myself with? Um, those are all things I have to kind of be aware of. So in every role, I do try to figure out, sometimes I look at match chapters, you know, I think monster, monsters and men, loose and waves, that's one chapter for me. I was really trying to tackle um, black excellence and, mm -hmm. and some of the things that we have to deal with with that and different versions of that from different parts of the of the country. Mm -hmm. um, right. And this next chapter is something different. So I think um, I look at it in, in terms of as I'm working through it, as things evolve, as the scripts come, what does this add to the conversation of my body of work? So if you looked at it, you can almost look at it like it's a book. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Chapter one. Black Lives Matter, <laughs> pretty much. Chapter <laughs> one is, is um, just slavery pictures, because I did Roots, <laughs> Underground, um, Soviet Slave, chapter one, the histories. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do you feel though when like you, you do a film like Waves in that chapter and you see or you hear that Travis Scott is like, yo, that film's crazy as fuck. Like, what was your reaction when, when, you, when you heard about that? It was, uh, you know, those guys, they always make me a little, like, I never know what they're going to think. I worked with Travis on this movie called Gully. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh -huh. he was so cool. But, you know, they don't talk much. Yeah. They don't talk much. Right. And you never really know, like, what they like, what they don't like. If, you know, I mean, Waves is a tricky movie, too, because a lot of people were triggered by it in a, in a way. And I understand that. And I think, you know, the inspiration for Tyler is Travis, is Frank Ocean, is Tyler, the creator. It is... Um, Chris Brown, it is, you know, there's a lot of these dudes um, that he might have looked up to as he was growing up. And so it, it makes me feel good when they kind of like, like the movie. <laughs> and they like the music in the movie. <laughs> and they feel like the movie, you know, it. Yeah. You mentioned <laughs> that the, the discourse around waves was, there was a little bit of triggering it there. Did you feed into that at all? Did you look at any of that stuff? And if so, did it bother you that, you know, people were having these strong opinions about the film? I mean, I see most things. People send me everything. Okay. So I see all the negative things. I see the positive things. And at the end of the day, what I've had to come to terms with is that I can't make a perfect movie. And that I'm like, once again, I know why I did Waves. And I know what my intent was with doing a story like that. Um, I also knew some of the complications that could come from doing it the way we were doing it. Right. But what it did was it sparked conversation, which, and when it comes to race in that movie um, and some of the stereotypes that could be perpetuated, I do think that it's important that they're still talked about, mm -hmm. even if they can come across negative, because I think the white people also need to see it. They also need to hear it for themselves. And I think they need to feel some of the burn. That wasn't the intent. With that particular thing, the intent was to talk about a father and a son and some of the pressures that happened with that. That's what that movie was about. But um, other elements kind of come into play when people don't really know the, the backstory of it all. But I don't know. I'm always good with conversation. I'm always good with conversation, good or bad. Yeah, So that's dope. That's dope. We had Pamela Adlon on the show who recently worked with us, Sterling K. Brown, on This Is Us. And she called him, she basically called him the GOAT. 
you know, she she had nothing but nothing but great things to say about Sterling K. Brown. So can you talk to us about your experience working with him as your father, no less on waves? <laughs> America's dad. America's dad, SKB. Yeah, I mean, I think Sterling is like, I remember when I first watched Sterling on like People versus OJ, and I was like, man, what a craftsman. I, I love someone who really understands the craft of acting and like can do it effortlessly. And he was so emotional, but strong and just just clean, just a real clean performer. And um, this is this is another version of that. And I think it's because he's such a gentleman. He's really intelligent. He's well read. Um, he's always listening. He's a great listener. He's always supportive. And I think he always he has nothing but love to give to everyone. And I think that's kind of the key. There's no ego with Sterling, you know? It's easy to have ego, too, because you sometimes we want to get caught up in our agenda, what we want to do, what we think is best for our careers. And Sterling's not really thinking about that. He's like, what's best for the overall? And, what, and, and, and why did you want to do this, young man? And, like, well, how can I do to help you? How can I do to bring you, you know, some, some comfort in this? Um, and that's why he's the goat to me, you know? And going back to what you said about representation, did you and he kind of build together to work with Trey in terms of, you know, building that family in waves and, and putting forth like the clearest cut representation of the black family and like the specific story you want to tell about that? Yeah, I mean, Sterling came in once most things were done mm -hmm. and then he kind of shaped Ronald more that his character once he came in. But a lot of that world building was with me and Trey in the beginning. What I love about Trey is that he, he has so much love for people and he is not scared to admit what he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. With that script, it was like, you know, he was asking me questions about who I was, how I grew up, what my parents were like, what my sisters were like, what was I interested in at the time, what were some of the complications and obstacles I had to overcome. He took it all in as best he could and tried to implement it. Then once I got the script, it was like, okay, well, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't look right. I will excuse this because I don't understand this particular experience. This is not me, but we're not making my life story. We're making right. a kid in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I know people that, that would exist in this space. Therefore, why not? I guess my whole thing was like, I refuse to limit the experience of this character because he is a character and put him in a box because of what I think blackness is. Um, versus mm -hmm. what I know my experience is, mm -hmm. but I also want to be conscientious of some of the themes, but it's also a movie, you know? Yeah, so I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to have drama, you wanted to have excitement, you wanted to go somewhere, and I think Sterling also understood that as well, so we were all on the same page, because me and Sterling's conversation before he even started, he was like, listen, do you know what you're doing? And I was like, yeah. He's like, are you sure that you know what you get involved in? Mm. He's like, I don't know, because I don't really get it yet. You know, I was like, I was like, well, you know, I think I think that I want to show up our spectrum of our existence. Why we asked for these roles and we got it, so why not do it? Mm. He was like, All right, that's really what I just wanted to hear. Let's do it. Okay. And I was like, all right, play me, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. That's awesome. Now, the one thing that um, we have to ask you about, just because the news has been buzzing around, I don't know what the confirmation is, but there's talk that Kelvin Harrison Jr. might be joining a particular HBO show that's got a highly anticipated second season on the way. Big with the teens. Yeah, big with the teens. Is there anything you can say about you maybe showing up on season two of Euphoria? I wasn't talking about it for a while, but, you know, in quarantine, YOLO. I mean, yes, I'm doing you for it. <laughs> Talk about it. Um, 
I'm excited. You know, right before quarantine, we're about to start our first day, like mm-hmm. the next day. And we got locked down, but the, t- the camera t- test was sick and, you know, the fittings were sick and the table reads have been amazing. The scripts are so great. And um, I don't know. Everyone's really excited for it. Were you a fan of the show before? Um, yes, yes. I, I mean, I watched it for Alexa because we had worked together and I was like, all right, I got to see the God's up to. And then <laughs> I ended up falling in love with the show. I just think Sam, you know, I work with Sam on Assassination. You know, I basically have two lines in the movie and it's like Kelvin and all my friends are in this movie. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just love, he's a great writer and, and a, a brilliant storyteller. And I think the aesthetic and the world building that they do on that show is so unique and he really pushes boundaries as well. So I'm excited to step into that space and do my part. What can you say about the character? Because obviously it's going to be different, but I watch a movie like Waves and I can almost see like that Tyler character fitting into the Euphoria world seamlessly. I will say it is nothing like Tyler. Interesting. I've never seen a character like this, period. I could almost argue that it's not been done. Wow. It's interesting. It is definitely a character of the time. And that's all I got. He's... It's interesting. Fire. Tying it back to everything, I guess that's why you picked it, because that, that seems to be your M.O. Yep. You know, if it's something a little different, <laughs> something nobody's seen before, I'm going for that. If it's outside yeah, of the yeah. box, we're in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, speaking of, you know, uh, some classic teen shows, your first scene in the high note is humming along to the Phantom Planet. So I have to ask, are you actually a big O.C. head? I was gonna binge watch it because of the movie. And I was like, I should know, because he said it's a great show. But then I just called my buddy, who I knew was binge watching the OC. And I was like, tell me, is it a great show? And he was like, and this happened, and this happens, this happens. Oh, I was like, shit. I'm gonna breathe off of your energy for it of it right now and just play into that. But <laughs> now watch the OC, I, I don't oh, know my what God. The picture of the OC looks like. Wow. I thought it was the hills at first. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing you gotta do it you're in quarantine anyway well. it's a good quarantine watch uh, yeah okay yeah, yeah i'll watch those <laughs> i mean speaking of quarantine watch so what else are you watching have you picked up any any movies you hadn't peeked out before any tv shows i've just been watching a lot of movies i've, I've watched the movie Ka- capernaum i've been watching a lot of foreign language films i'm on the criterion collection oh, okay. app, you know <laughs> <laughs> that's been my way but at night i'll watch my insecure every sunday mm-hmm. i watch my trash tv before i go to bed so i watched i watched my love is blind uh <laughs> i watched too hot to handle oh wow you in it you in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i started the last dance but everybody was on it too much and it was giving me anxiety so i was like i'm gonna wait till y'all done <laughs> last dance is worth the watch though it's really worth yeah, it yeah the first episode was well you're not a big live tweet nah nah <laughs> It's overwhelming. I'm over Y'all are talking about things, and y'all got a lot of opinions on here. I, I want to have my own opinions. I always realize when you log on to social media, you're asking for someone to talk at you. Yeah. And yes. yeah. trying to decide who I felt feel like being talked to today. 100%. 100%. Uh, speaking of insecure, then, where are you team Molly or team Issa this season? I haven't watched the last episode. Oh, okay. So I don't, don't spoil it for me, but I'm... I'm, t- I'm team both. Okay. I'm team That's... both. I love them both. I understand them both. I, I look at them and I kind of go, well, I agree with her, but she disgusting sometimes. And I also like, <laughs> I like, he real bougie. I won't lie about that one. Fact. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, you go back and forth. 
Now, another uh, quick note about the high note I wanted to revisit was um, your style in the movie. And it reminded me that you're very stylish IRL and you're, uh, you actually work very closely with one of our OGs, Matthew Henson. Oh, whoa, I don't know if you know, know he used that. to be here. Whoa, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Great dude. I mean, like, Matthew, Matthew, I, I mean, I remember Rocky. At first, when I first started seeing Rocky stuff, and I was like, Rocky looks so cool. Just like mm -hmm. when I worked with him, he would come into set sometimes with like these like long purple like velvet bell bottoms, and I was just like, and, like with a hoodie and like all these just just drip. He would call it. He was like, bro, bro. He would always call me bro, bro. He was like, bro, bro. And I'm nice with it. It's like, oh yes. I definitely wanted to work with Henson, and he he sends me stuff. I usually kind of go, I can't pull it off, and he says, can you please put it on? And I go, thank you. Can I keep it? You know, <laughs> so he's, he's, he's a real one. He's a real one. Are you a babushka boy now? Yeah, I'm a babushka boy. <laughs> I, I tried it once, and one of my buddies was like, Boy, that's old. If you don't take that babushka off your head, <laughs> do you only have him styling you for like shoots and you know, red carpet and stuff? Or are you trying to get him to help you out with like any characters you're playing on film? Oh, I wish, and mm -hmm. you know, do some of that stuff, but. You know, with this movie, Jenny Egan was the costume designer, and she's incredible. And, you know, that's like a real character building and stuff like that. And mm. If they had too much swag, they didn't deserve, they don't deserve to see some of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have, they don't know what's up. But uh, I did call Henson. I was like, I just, um, I just emptied my closet when I moved here. I moved here like a week before quarantine, too, because the, the show. Mm. And um, I was like, yo, can you, uh, can you buy a new closet for me? He was like, can you, can you buy a new closet and money? I was like, we got a point here. <laughs> a little bit of give and take there, definitely. Right. Now, looking forward to when uh, quarantine ends, um, especially a guy like you who's, who's very concentrated with the roles that you choose and who's like a student of the game. Are there any like OG directors or actors that you're looking forward to working with? Ooh, I do, you know, Spike scares me. He really mm. does. I've seen him a couple times. I worked with his wife. He's an intimidating dude. Yeah. I really want to work yes. with him, though. I really do actually want to work with him. I think what I've learned about him, he doesn't like anybody that, that can't come in and, um, and stand their ground. Yeah. And now that I've grown up a little bit from quarantine, we'll see how quarantine is afterwards. I think I'm ready to stand my ground and really bring something to the table. Mm. So I, I want to work with Spike. Um, what else do I want to work with? I mean, that's a, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, really just him right now. <laughs> do you ever have aspirations to do like a like a Marvel film or some type of like way like exorbitant big budget fantasy action adventure blowout? I do, I do. I wanna yeah, I wanna do something like that. I mean, yes. Yes, I wanna do a Marvel film. Let me do that. <laughs> yes, Marvel. I would like to do a Marvel film. Yes. I want to do a sci-fi movie for sure or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I always think about, like, if I were to be a superhero, they've kind of all been done, like, what would I do in that space? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is DC, though, but I was like, I want to play Robin. I don't know why, but I was like, That'd I don't want to be bad. That a lot, but, like, Robin's kind of, like, slick. He's, like, quiet with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there's been Robin on film, but, like, a Robin film, something that's really yeah. just diving into his story would be dope. Yeah. yeah. No one's going to go see it, though, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the DC diehards will go see that film. Don't worry about that. I don't know about everybody else, but those people that buy those comics and have been after that lore, they'll at least show up opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's... I could also see in like a like a crime, good time type of thing. Mm. Oh, I want that. Safety Brothers. I definitely want to work with them. 
those guys are crazy. I want to, I want to do something like that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Damn, I had some really good conversation with you. Really appreciate you taking the time, do rag and all to come out. You know, hang with us for a little bit. Um, the high note on demand, May 29th. And I guess we'll uh, see your Spotify. We'll see how the single does. And then maybe next year we'll have you come out and, uh, you know, perform your EP, something like that. <laughs> you might as well. You might as well. Other, other producers are doing it. That's real. Now's the time. All right, man. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you guys. Have a good one, man. Take care. You too. Shouts out to Kelvin Harrison Jr. for joining us during isolation. Silky golden do-rag atop his head. Clean. Super clean. Probably either either holding down the waves from the high note or, you know, masking whatever his next hairstyle is going to be. Maybe it's for Euphoria Season 2. Nice hint. I mean, either way, I wouldn't have known unless he'd made that note about, you know, just lounging. Like, I wouldn't have known he wasn't going for a look. Facts. It, it 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 was a little a little darker, but definitely reminded me of his golden locks in uh in waves. Yeah, so I appreciate that from him. Again, the high note on demand, May 29th this Friday. Kevin Harrison Jr., Tracy Ellis Ross. So Ice Cube is in that film. A different uh, a different role from what you normally see from Ice. He's still gruff, but he's like like a gruff shysty uh record industry vet and dakota johnson of course to go to johnson she's a a savant of sorts when it comes to uh producing and engineering music i don't know interesting quarantine watch it is, it's a fun quarantine watch you know i mean it definitely was scheduled for theaters but rom-coms are definitely um you know it's a rough time they're made they're, they're made to be watched at the crib too for sure and also did you peep Speaking of waves, he he hit Alexa Demi with a fire nickname that has to take off now. He calls her the Demigod. The Demigod is good. If that's if that's not her name now on Instagram, I'll be surprised. Actually, that needs to be like her fan bases, like the like the Navy or the The Demigods. (laughs) Damn, Kelvin really laced her. Um, Yeah, so yeah, big up to him. Check out the flick; it's on demand this Friday, May 29th. Um, We drop every Wednesday. Wednesdays at six a.m. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, please tune in to watch less. Like, comment, rate, subscribe, review. I can't keep telling you to do it. Please take a couple seconds out of your day and let the people know that you're rocking with us so we can continue putting on this fire content for you. If you want to talk about that content, at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram, get in the conversation, but don't be a dickhead. I want to say specifically to the Watch List squad in California, that is where a lot of the movie magic happens still. I mean, it's only right that we're big out there. Love to see it. Frazier's always spending at least one or two afternoons a week looking at uh, high rises out there in the hills. He's trying to uh, you know, relocate at some point. So help us help you, especially if you're out there on the left coast. Shouts out to a squad like Chardet. But yeah, we're going to get out of here. As always, I want you guys, please. I don't need this Rona going around no more. I know wearing masks sucks. Hell, I got a whole beard. It's the worst experience of my life. So please stay your dumb ass in the house. Wash your hands. If you have to go outside, please keep that distance. You know, why you want to be up on somebody anyway? Fuck that shit. 
Well, a mask also, you know, we got glasses. The mat, you get that that breath up too. That's you know, it's it's not easy for us. If we had like a potpourri podcast or just like whatever broad topics we want to talk about, <laughs> I would have had a twenty minute rant on the worst things about wearing a mask <laughs> as a uh, bearded glasses wearing guy. It is it, it is not a joy. These last two months have been trash, but I don't want to spend another four. So please hook it up. Tune in and watch less. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Our associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Our editor is Tyler Boltheis. Our production manager is Chancel Correa. Talent booker is Anthony Allred. Our junior booker is Austin Bailey. Our Director of Talent Relations is Kristen Price Harrell. Senior Director of Operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less is a part of the Complex Podcast Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.